This is Pastor Flosser, and you're getting ready to listen to the preached Word of God taken directly from one of our services at Faith and Truth Assembly in Thomasville, Pennsylvania. We hope it is a blessing to you, and if you could take some time and just go over to the Contact Us tab on this website and send us a little message. Let us know if there's any questions we can answer, any prayer requests we can bring before the Lord on your behalf. We want to help you in any way we can. God bless you and enjoy the word. Turn in our Bibles to the book of Revelation. Right there at the end of the Bible, book of Revelation, the 12th chapter. Amen. So much in this chapter, very, very symbolic of Jesus being born into this world and the fight that he was he was born into how the enemy tried his best to kill him as a baby and uh, how God just worked through everything that was done and how God is still working today amen hallelujah revelation 12 let's pray father we love you thank you for your word thank you for your help today god bless your people God, meet every need, Lord. Help us, I pray, to, to hear from you, to be strengthened, Lord, and to be directed. We love you so much. We ask it all in your great name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Revelation 12, verse 7, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. God bless you. You can be seated. I uh, know that it would just be very easy to make a statement that would be agreeable to everyone here today that uh, we are living in end times. And it would also be a very easy statement to get agreement with that we are in a great battle in these end times. I think even earlier this service, I mentioned the perilous times that... Paul talked about in his writings that would come in the latter days. Amen. Here in Revelation, the 12th chapter, we see some things. I don't want to spend too much time, though it, it is interesting to know that uh, a lot of the mythology, a lot of the, the, the stories that Hollywood and, and others, even maybe false religion, has told about the devil and about hell and uh, jokes that sometimes are made even about uh, these things that are without any foundation of truth at all. Somehow 
people believe that the devil has a kingdom in hell that he is reigning and ruling over with his demons, those that followed after him after this great rebellion that we read about. And and how the devil somehow stands victorious king over the souls of those that are lost in this place called hell. Rest assured that hell has been prepared to torment the devil. It is his prison and it is his judgment for the last days. And the devil is not in that fiery place we know as the lake of fire. But the devil is still, praise God, as he was telling God in the book of Job, roaming to and fro in this world. Look at growing, going up and down and observing and also up to this point that we read in the book of Revelation has access to the very throne room of God. A lot of people don't think about that. They don't understand that. There is a future time when the enemy will be bound and thrown into hell. There is a future event where he will be like all lost souls that he deceived. He will be tormented in the fires that are never quenched, praise God. But not today. This this being, this this uh, spiritual adversary that the Bible calls him has reigned to has freedom to be able to go before God and accuse us to go before God as he did again in the book of Job and in other places we can see in the Bible where he stands before God and and, and points a finger at you and I and condemns us and and God's grace and God's mercy prevails over the true accusations of our our unworthiness. Amen. Praise the Lord. When you feel that condemnation, understand that's the devil trying his best to make you feel like you're not worthy, making you feel like you don't belong in God's kingdom. But the devil's a liar and the father of all lies. And as much as we could take this time and really get into a, a study, or maybe some time if the Lord will permit, we'll do that. We find ourselves in Revelation 12 talking about a future event still. I believe soon to come that sometime in these last days there will be a final battle where God will say no longer will you stand and no longer will you accuse my people in my presence. And knowing he has a short time, praise God, he is, it says in this, so, so shortly before the end, the enemy is cast into the earth and barred from the presence of God. The Bible says in verse 10 that this accuser of the brethren is cast down. And there is a battle that goes on in the last days that I believe we are seeing it begin. We are seeing the, the stirring up, really, the, the entrance of this. If it has not happened yet, it's going to happen real soon. How the Bible says... He has great wrath, great anger that the enemy has. And he concentrates his efforts even in a greater manner, knowing he has but a short time. Understanding that there's not a lot of time to get busy, the devil goes ahead and says, you know what, now it's time to really fight against God's people. How I wish that we could have the kind of wisdom, praise God, that says we don't have a lot of time, let's get busy. Right, if the church could say, you know what, 
Hallelujah. It's getting close to the end. How about we start getting about our father's business? Amen. But something I have noticed in in now over 20 years of ministry, praise God, it sounds like a long time, but doesn't feel like a long time. I'm sure some of you understand what I mean by that. I see the battle. I see it going on in the church. I see it going on in individual lives and homes. I, I see the, the chaos, the mayhem that, that the devil brings into people's lives, into people's minds. I see the, the damage and the, the destruction. The Bible talks about the enemy being a destroyer in one place. And I see all that, and I, but I also see a great ignorance in God's people sometimes. I see a great, great ignorance in how we understand the nature of the battle. I want to preach a little while this morning about the nature of the battle. And I feel like it's very easy to understand how that it's our nature that when we really feel like pressure is on, when we feel that we are in some type of pain, that there is... uh, problems in our lives, it's so much easier to to really forget a lot of the the details of what the devil and maybe even what God is trying to do around us and get focused internally, get focused on 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 what's going on in my mind, in my heart, my feelings, my hurt, my pain. Our natural uh, tendency is to focus inward when we're hurting. Hurt gets us focused on us. But the truth of the matter is, there is a greater battle going on than just personal discomfort and pain. In fact, a lot of the personal discomfort and pain, can I tell you, I'm not saying we're not dealing with it in a very strong way. Hear what I'm saying now. But I, but understand that there is a there there is a, an ease in Zion. There's a lot of people that we've had, got it pretty good in this day. You think about some of the people that are living around the, the world today that don't have the luxuries that we have. And some of the and many generations, I think sometimes uh, of those that have lived in the Bible days and have had the same truth that we have today. Can you imagine sitting down with someone? might not have even been Paul and, and uh, just said, oh, let me tell you about my problems. Let me tell you. I've had it rough, you know. Sometimes, uh, uh, you know, the grocery store was out of some of the ingredients I wanted to have today and, and to make my, my, my cake. And, and, you know, some of the, the, I had some plumbing problems in my home and all these things. Oh, was, the devil's been beating me up. Oh, I'm, I'm sure you've never had a day quite like I had. Can I tell you, folks of, of days gone by that, that lived through persecution that lived through troubles, that, that didn't have a lot of things we have. Some, sometimes we look around and we are spoiled. Amen. But, but rest assured, the devil's fighting us. But the nature of this battle, when we get a revelation of what God is really desiring us to be and do as a church, there, there's, we are more than just fighting this fight for our own comfort and our own ease. We've got to recognize that as the enemy comes against us, it's not necessarily just about, about uh, how we feel. But there's a, there's a purpose that God has us here for. And there is a, a cause, if I can say this, that, that even in personal 
battles and hardships, even in personal trials and, and pain, that, that we can go on and do the will of God. As an army, as soldiers in God's, God's army, as, as members of His body. Hallelujah. There's something greater than our own personal comfort and ease. But that God, even in our troubles and trials, hallelujah, can overcome, can, can accomplish great things. Turn with me to the book of First Peter. First Peter in your New Testament. First Peter 4. I'm going to bring to you probably a lot of scriptures we're very familiar with, most of us. But I've got five points of the nature of the battle that I want to make this morning. Five points. The nature of the battle. You're in a battle. Amen. Amen. You're in a battle. You're a part of this. And I am sure that every one of us is experiencing, in some sense, sometimes the battle, we, we experience physical problems. Sometimes it is... Uh, Hurt and emotional distress that we are in. Sometimes it can even be financial, uh, family matters that come against us. And, and we got to look at this and, and just understand a little better the nature of this battle. First Peter 4, verse 12 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. I, I feel like I've seen in, in the time that I have been living for God, people that that have never really got a hold of this revelation. That somehow when the trial comes, they feel like it is strange. That it is, it, 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 something must be wrong. And and even in that trial, it it seems as though God, I I'm I'm just going to back down a little bit. I'm not going to really really uh, put my heart into to serving you, praising you, looking at what I can do for you until it's an easy way. But understand the first point of our message of uh, of the nature of this battle. It's not easy. It's not easy. Praise God. We, we have it in our minds that something must be wrong when, when it's hard to praise God, when it's difficult to, and everything is just not the way we like it. Can I tell you, living for God, God has said, endure the hardness like a good soldier. Recognize that a lot of things that, that, that we enjoy and that we prefer, really, we, we may have to do without for a while and understand that there is an ability to fight the devil even when it's difficult. In fact, let me tell you something you might not like to hear. But the truth is, about you and about me, not only is it not easy, understand we don't deserve an easy way. Hello? Don't, don't act like God somehow did something wrong when you have a difficult way. Don't act like somehow God owes you 
a smooth road. Amen. I, I look at my life and the blessings that God has blessed me with, and, and I've had troubles and I've had trials, praise God, of my own. But, but I've never once thought, God, I don't deserve any of this problems. I thought I don't deserve any of the good blessings that He's given me. God's not done us dirty, praise God, because life isn't always just exactly what we like. Don't ever allow yourself to get bitter. Don't allow yourself to get angry at God. Don't act like somehow God's done you a disservice. Oh, no. God's blessed you to be a part of this war. God's blessed you to be a part of this battle. Amen. God's blessed you to be a part of, of His body. Amen. And He's got rewards and He's got treasures in store if your heart's over there in heaven. You say, well, I'll tell you, it's hard to live for God. It's hard to, to, to walk in holiness. It's hard to, to be so different in this world. It's hard to deal with troubles and trials in, the, in God's ark, if you will, of safety. His church. Hallelujah. What, I, I don't have to live for God. I get to live for God. I, I don't have to push through services and, and push to do things. Oh, no, God has blessed me to be a part of His bride. Amen. He's been good to me, and He's going to meet every need. It's not always easy. But God doesn't owe us an easy way. Hallelujah. The church hasn't let you down. The, 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 God hasn't let you down when things get difficult. But it is a battle that we, we have been brought into. Amen. We're living in these days, and there are counterfeits. There are modern mega churches that have really just made the the scene in uh in in the land of televangelists and and uh, all the different things that that go along with that and have gotten in people's minds and hearts and we don't see a we don't understand the the scriptures aside of all that talk about a persecuted church amen talk about people who who know how to suffer, know how to endure hardness. Amen. Oh, we're blessed. We've got joy unspeakable and full of glory, but it's not because everything's gone our way. Understand the nature of the battle. We are blessed, and God has met our needs, and God has helped us, and, and we, we, are, we are thankful for every day that we are blessed. But don't you ever get the understanding that God somehow promised an easy way. God promised a trouble-free way. Or somehow God owes us that. And God, why would I live for you? Why would I serve you when there's so many people that have hurt me? So many people that have disappointed me. So many people that have, so many things that have gone in a different direction than what I thought they would. Praise God. Because He's good. Because He's your friend. Because of heaven, amen. Because God's got a purpose. And like we said earlier in the service, there is an intention in God to work all things together for you. Amen. Which brings us to point number two. First Peter 1. Turn back just a few chapters to First Peter 1. Hallelujah. You're still with me this morning. Hallelujah. First Peter 1, verse 5. Who are kept... By the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, 
Hallelujah. If need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Our first point of this, the nature of this battle is that it's not easy and we don't even really deserve an easy way. Number two, let me say God has a way in the trouble, in the battle to make us better. See, you're looking at the trouble, you're looking at the fire, and God's saying, I've got something that I'm going to bring out in you through this. I've got something I'm going to do in you that as you hold on, I'm going to burn some things out of you that make it make you a, a better, praise God, a child, a better Christian, a better soldier. I'm going to, I'm going to purify you. We say, God, I don't want the fire, and God says, I want the result of what the fire is going to bring. I'm going to make you better in this. I'm going to bring out, I've got a plan in this. Hallelujah. We are purified. We are refined. The Bible talks about it in Malachi, the third chapter, verses 2 and 3. He says that his presence comes as a refiner's fire. He's pulling out all the impurities. He's pulling out all the, the unbelief. He's pulling out. He's getting you to rely on Him. He's shaking some things in your life. And while some are saying, God, why are you letting this happen? I don't deserve this. Why don't you love me? Others are holding on saying, God, whatever you got to do to me, just make me sure I'm going to be saved. Whatever you've got to do to me. Hallelujah. The nature of the battle is an understanding that, God, you've got something to make me better. Don't sit back and don't allow yourself to just just wait for for another high uh, wave of God's glory and the feeling of good things and and sit back and waste time when God's got time for you to pray and examine your life and let God make something happen in you that only the fiery trials can perform. The battles that we face, we are to learn from them. We're to grow in them. I understand that some people allow that. And God understands the battle. Just talked to one person going through hard times a few years ago, I believe it was. Talking about some troubles that their family had gone through. And I said, God's got better. God's going to take you through this and take them through it. And they're going to see God's faithfulness. And they said, what if they turn around and hate God because they had that? I said, that's, that's completely in their, their choice. And the ignorance that the devil tries to sow to tell people you don't deserve the battles, the problems. You don't deserve all that you're going through. You don't deserve the, the chastisement. You don't deserve the, the fiery refining of who you are that it ought to be easy. And the devil lies and says, you know, it'd be easier if you just gave up. It'd be easier if you just wouldn't, wouldn't live for God. And, oh, it's, there's troubles and trials in the world. Amen. I don't walk out of church and all of a sudden everything goes easy now. No, no, not at all. It's just I don't have any purpose and any, any, any meaning at all in the trials. They're not refining me in any way. But God's, God's making us better. I said, God's making us better. We are purified. He said that we can rejoice knowing that there is a purpose. That all things 
the Bible says we understand in, in Romans 8, all things were working together for good. We, we like to try to say, okay, God, tell me what the good is. Let me understand what that is. But only God truly knows what He is doing. He doesn't owe us an explanation of what He's doing, but we have faith and know that, God, You're working for, for, to, to make me what I need to be. The nature of this battle is that, the, that not only is it not easy, but those, those trials have purpose. And that I cannot allow myself... Praise God to be bitter or angry with God, but I've got to pray and find the purpose and the direction of God. Lord, what are you trying to do in me? And let me yield myself to you. Let me allow you to work in me. If you listen, I believe somebody quoted the scripture Wednesday, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. Not your understanding and not your way of, uh, of a, because our understanding, my understanding is going to try to, try to get me to the easy way. It, it's going to try to get me out of the problem. But God, God, what are you trying to do in this? Let me, let that be my focus. I'm not saying we're, we're just satisfied to, to go through every storm. Sometimes, praise God, God, if you'll lead me away from it, I'll, I'll follow you. But, but don't let me forget, God, you're working in me. There's something my, that, that you're going to give me strength in my mind. You're going to give me strength in my heart. You're going to give me strength in my character. You're purifying us. But you can have more faith that you'd had than you had at the beginning of the trial. You can have more peace knowing, knowing that God is going to, going to take care of you through it all. God's got a way in, our, in this battle. God's got a way, a purpose and a plan that is greater than just ease and comfort. He's got a plan that is greater than just getting it over with. He's got a plan to to refine you, to help you grow, to help you to be more more like him. Amen. 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10. Again, a very familiar portion of scripture, but I want to take part of this verse and uh focus a little bit more on it than the others. 1 Corinthians 10.13 There's no temptation taken you. That word temptation can mean trial, test. But such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above all that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. We have taught on this verse many times. We've taught you what it does not mean, told you what it does mean. And I think sometimes we can look at this and kind of put details there that aren't really there. There's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. The third point in our, in our teaching about the nature of the battle is to consider, consider others in their battle. There's no temptation. Now, now, I can look at this, and what I feel like a lot of people kind of wrestle with this scripture and say, come on, brother, I'm going through some things. But to say that what I'm facing is common would not be accurate. I don't know anybody who's faced what I'm facing right now. 
the specifics of your temptation, the specifics of your battle may seem to you like they are are maybe uncommon. You might look around and say, I really don't know anybody. And maybe I'd try to believe that this has happened before sometime in history. But really, to say it's common is a stretch for your mind today. But let me just put it like this. The specifics of your temptation and how it came to you might not be just exactly common in every day so much. But what it does to your spirit and what the devil is trying to do in the battle to discourage you, to weaken your faith, to make you question God's faithfulness and question your own worthiness is common to man. How that came to you might not be so common in your mind, but the very ways the enemy uses that, the situation, the circumstance, how people played into it might be very seemingly unique, but how it works on you, the mind battles that you face, the faith battles that you face, the feelings that you're going through, the questions that come to your mind are common to me. And in that, in that part of this, I want to break this out to, to we're heading in a direction with this teaching. Are you with me this morning? Praise God. That in this understanding of, of not being ignorant of the battle, we understand it's not easy. We understand God is working for better. We must also recognize that everybody around us is fighting a battle too. They might not have gone through specifically the exact situation that we have gone through, but feeling demoralized, feeling discouraged, feeling disappointment, feeling the pressures of the enemy. Oh yes, amen, they are. Feeling the weight, feeling the discouragement, feeling the, the, the questions coming at their minds of, of why God is this happening to me? Why now? Why so much? Hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah, that is. What happens, and I began this message think, uh, talking about this, what happens a lot of times is we're focused on our hurt, our battle, our pressure. And can I say this? Maybe, maybe we're doing all we can to, to live for God, to serve God, to worship God. You hearing me today? We're doing all that we can, but if I would come to you in the hurt, in the sorrow, in the grief, in the pressures that you're facing and say, so as far as serving God and loving God, you think you're at your best? You'd probably say, I'm doing the best I can. Maybe maybe it's been stronger. Maybe it's been more passionate at other times, but where I am and what I've got, it's the best I can do for God, but the best I've ever been for God, probably not in my eyes. Amen? If you were honest, you'd probably say, I'm, I'm doing the best I know I can do right now. But it's hard for us when we are hurting and we're under the load of the battle to think that maybe somebody else in the church in our view, might not be at their best. Hello? How about judging others as we would like to be judged? 
I'm not making any excuse for anybody that I'm not trying that we're not making for ourselves. I'm not saying that that backing up or lowering our our excitement or our zeal is acceptable in any way. But giving a hundred percent means that sometimes my hundred percent today might not be what it was at another time in my in my life and in the battle. Are you hearing me? I have found that even in this battle, so often we forget that even the preacher is in the battle. Amen? That, that even the song leader is in the battle. Even the Sunday school teacher. Even the, the, the one that, that seems like they, they, they're just always just so strong and I've leaned on for, for just uh, knowing they're going to be there. They're the amen corner maybe. But, but you know, they're in the battle. I have felt that, that times that, 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 praise God, one person is in the battle, they're looking at somebody else, and they don't recognize, hey, they're fighting the devil too. Sadly, sadly, so often when, when we're uh, trying to, to have good church, trying to really see the, the, the give the Lord the, the 100% that we can, the best that we can. Hallelujah. Devil's fighting me. The devil's fighting you. And, and I've I've seen people judging, seen people look and say, "Well, why aren't they just where they need to be?" And not recognizing, "Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute now. I don't know what they're facing." You might be able to say their situation, their circumstance, the specifics of. Uh, of their life are are far from what I'm going through, but the same devil that's fighting your mind is fighting their mind. When we can recognize that the enemy is coming with great wrath against God's people. Are you hearing me today? That we've got to recognize that, hey, he's, he, he's fighting everybody. He's, he's fighting them, and, and they might be going through the challenge of a lifetime. Hey, I'll tell you right now, some of the things that maybe I've faced and some of the things that I feel like have, have really crashed down in my life uh, that, that have caused me to just, just Lord, I, I need more strength, I need more help. Praise God. But there have been times already, it, it might have not have been a circumstance or a situation. It's just a season where it seems like I don't know what it is or, or what has happened, but the devil's been fighting hard. Are you hearing me? You say, man, I just, uh, if you were honest with me and I was honest with you, and, and we just say, wow, it's, it's just hard right now. Well, what, is there problems in the family? Is there problems in your health? No, not, that I, not really. It's just, man, it just seems like the, 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 the battles of the mind are, are pushing and pushing. Are you hearing me? Is that, does that make sense? And you say, well, what is it? Are you sick? Or, uh, you know, do you have problems with your marriage, your children? Is it, is it financial? No, no, no. But I'll tell you, the devil's fighting. Pray for me. Right? So, you know that happens. I know that happens. But let's not look at somebody else and compare, well, their situation. Now, you're really going through it. You do have the physical, the financial, the family problems that you're going through. And you might look at your neighbor and say, well, they seem like everything's just going great for them. They're testifying about a raise. they, They seem very healthy. They haven't gone through any grief or any hard times. Their family seems like they're doing great. And, and you know what? Hallelujah. So that means the devil's leaving them alone. That's not the truth for me. That's not the truth for you. 
But so often we assume because of situations in our life, I've got it harder than anybody. The temptations that are common to man, sometimes they have very unique ways of getting to us. But that discouragement, that that attack on your faith, what you believe, is common to man. It's hard for us. It's hard for us, but we've got to we've got to get ourselves into an understanding, have a revelation of the fact that that it's not just us that, that's fighting this devil. This accuser of the brethren that's been cast down. Because I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but these last three, especially the next two points of this message, really overlap one another a lot because now we're starting to look at the nature of the battle and recognize hey I'm not the only one going through it but that's that's the tendency of flesh focus in, focus on me I want to stop hurting I want everybody to stop what they're doing until I feel better hello and that's just not the nature of the battle and if we're not careful it can cause us to resent one another and fight one another. It can cause us to see one another and think, well, you know what, there's no way they can understand what I'm going through. Probably true, but you can't understand that they're going through something too. And the more you try to compare, you know, apples and penguins, there's just no way for you to say, well, I'm going through this. They're not going through what I'm going through. Amen. So we got to recognize, number one, it's not hard. It's not easy, rather, for you. It's, it's not easy. And, and God's working something good, but you're going to have to endure it. But recognize that there are other people. Amen. If you might see the, somebody that, that they just don't have the oomph that they should have, or, or, or maybe, you know, looking at the preacher even, maybe, I don't know, and saying, hey, uh, that, but we're all going through it. Yeah. Amen. We've got to... We've got to recognize that others are facing it too. Amen. And pray for one another. Not attack one and say, oh, they're not, they're not as uh, on fire. They're not as this. No, pray for them and help them. Amen. Recognize that the devil's fighting everyone. I, I've seen some, some pretty cruel judgments being made over the years. Just, I know what's going on. I know why they're doing this. I know what they're thinking. And all along, that person struggles, hurting and doing the best they can. And maybe it's just like that widow woman that came up and gave all. And it's so easy. You know. You know when that story. Anybody remember the story? The, 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 the rich people coming up, bringing in big loads, bags of bags of money. And a widow woman comes and brings just a tiny, tiny, tiny little bit. You know the way it was was said that there were people sitting back saying, why did she even bother? Look at the little she gave compared to everybody else. What a joke. I'm sure she was fighting in herself. Why? Maybe the devil's telling her, why should I even bother? This is nothing compared to all that. What's it going to pay for? 
And those others looking at her thinking, what's, you're, you're worthless and all, if that's, look at, look at what you're giving. So little. Couldn't you give more? You probably, she could have. She gave all. And, and that's a lesson to us to be able to look at one another and say, you know, be cruel and think that you know every circumstance because because we, we judge one another by what we're going through. And I know what I'm facing. And I know the hardships. And I'm, I'm not walking in their shoes. I don't know what they've faced. I don't know what kind of pain they're going through. And I can say, well, I know they're not going through the amount of pain that I'm going through because they haven't faced this, 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 and this. And maybe you're right. But that's not the nature of the battle. That's not the nature of how we have difficult days in this. Sometimes it's just there because the devil shows up and he's angry. Amen. Proverbs, well, let's turn to Hebrews. Hebrews, the 10th chapter. We're going to dig in a little bit more here. We're considering others in their battle. Even especially And I brought this up a little bit in this last point. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I think it's very valid and very important. I've heard the preaching. Um, Evangelists, special meetings, sometimes will come by and talk about how, I believe it was in Ahab and Jehoshaphat's day, the enemy said, don't go after anybody but the leader. Go after the leader. Once you smite the shepherd, the sheep will scatter, as it says in another place in the Bible. Also, Scripture about how Aaron and Hur said we need to support the hands of the leader because that affects us all. And I want to talk a little bit about that, but I'm not just talking about the preacher today. I told you sometimes that I've had people very much judge and condemn my my level of of wisdom or passion not knowing that I needed their prayers more than anything else at the time that they were considering um, the level of my ability maybe but I don't think the enemy's just coming against the pulpit but he's looking at men and women that carry influence in the house of God leadership that is within us all The Bible talks about how we ought to consider one another to provoke somebody to do better. Amen? Have you ever been provoked? Praise the Lord. The Bible's talking here that we ought to carry influence. The Bible talks about iron sharpening iron. And we look at that sometimes and say, come on, get around somebody who's going to make you better. But how about being the sharpening influence as well? It takes two in this equation. That you would be somebody that can sharpen 
somebody else. Amen? And I believe as we look at the nature of the battle that we can understand that the enemy's fighting us all. And there is a concentrated effort not only to, 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 it's not, can I say, only about causing us stress and pain and, and, and discouragement. It's not only about causing you to be lost, but to rob you of your influence, your leadership, to be able to be a strength, to be a help, to, be, to provoke somebody to do better. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If the devil can rob you to cause you to say, well, you know what, it's just not worth the trouble to, to lead, to provoke, to influence people for God's kingdom. Well, he's got some victory then, doesn't he? If we consider the battle and get it confused with the idea, well, the devil just wants me to be lost. The devil just wants me to, to, to give up. The devil just wants me to quit church. But what does that all entail? What is, what is really in that? Can I tell you, the devil wants to steal your potential to bless and to strengthen and to help. Amen. See, God's church is, is more than just uh, uh, a business, if it will. It, it's, a, it, it's a family that strengthens and grows and, and blesses, and it has a work to do to help one another to, to be better and to help somebody see how good God is. And if the devil can steal our sharpening influence, our provoking influence to love and good works, amen. Galatians 6. Galatians 6, verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual. Can I say it this way? Ye who are sharp or sharpening influence. Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. See, the nature of this battle isn't all about just you. It's not only not about your comfort, but not. it's also not just about your eternal destination of just getting you to heaven. But God's got something in this battle to help you be better. And by better, I mean a better influence on those around you to bring God's glory in the church. That you would be able to provoke someone. The devil's trying hard to make you not be taken seriously. The devil's trying hard to make you feel good at saying, well, I don't care what they think about me. I'm going to heaven. Well, praise God. God the church needs you to be a godly influence. And if you've got the idea, I don't need to sharpen anybody, provoke anybody. Well, you're going to have to remove a lot of Bible verses. But you're also going to have to have this deception that feels like that you are somehow righteous in God's sight, but yet not responsible in any way. To be a godly influence. And there's just no such thing as a Christian that does not carry godly influence. It's not, it's not a biblical definition of anything that we are to be. But he tells us if you are spiritual, be a blessing. 
be a strength. The nature of this battle, the nature of this battle is to take that away from you. To take away the capability of the, or the potential of influence in your life. You say, well, I've fallen. I've made, I've made terrible errors. I, how, how could anybody, and the devil tell you, how could anybody ever look at you? And think anything but why bother? That was a liar. Can I tell you more than anything the world needs? Someone who can stand up after a fall and say, Look what the Lord has done. Look at mercy. Look at grace. Amen. You know how many times I've heard people say, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can even fit in because of how, how low that I have fallen. I don't know how anybody could ever think that I'm even worth their time thinking about how worldly of a life that I've lived. But can I tell you the, the influence of somebody that can say, I've been there, done that, and Jesus is the answer. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. There needs to be. God is trying so hard to put within you that sharpening, that provoking, that that develop that potential to to lead people, to to bless people, to help people along the way. Hallelujah. The enemy can destroy that. He's gotten victory. In Ephesians 4, this is very similar, very similar to chapter 5, or, or let me say, I'm sorry, to number 4. Very similar. But Ephesians 4, in verse 1, it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Walk worthy of this salvation God's given you. Amen? What does that mean? Be humble. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering and forbearing one another in love. So, Walk worthy of this calling God's put in your life. What does that mean? Be humble. Be patient with people. Amen? Lowliness and meekness, that's humility. Long-suffering and forbearing one another in love, that's patience. So walking worthy of this calling of God's salvation is humility and patience. And look what it says. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Considering the nature of this battle, in closing, this is our last point. We understand it's not an easy way. You can't say, oh, I just, I I didn't understand this was going to be difficult. You didn't listen. You didn't read your Bible. And we don't deserve an easy way. And that God has a way through the fiery trials to make us better. God has a way to get down deep into who we are and really begin to mold and shape our character into something better than we could be ever without it. But we have to also understand God's doing that in each other. Amen. Praise the Lord. Your brother, your sister, your parents, your pastor. Amen. God, the devil's working against them. Amen. And God's trying to work through that to bring out good in them. Don't forget that. And the devil's trying hard to destroy your potential to, to influence, to bless, to lead. But Ephesians 4 tells us, endeavoring to keep the unity. As I said, this kind of overlaps our fourth point. As our fourth point was how the enemy is trying to destroy your leadership ability, your potential for influence. I believe he's trying as a community, as a church, as a body, to destroy 
our ability to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. And I think ultimately that is the nature of this battle. Through all these, it leads down to what can the church do for God's kingdom. The enemy's trying to fight against that. The enemy's trying to keep us from doing exploits. Amen? The enemy's trying to keep us from doing great things. And if he can cause us to be attacking one another, rather than praying for one another, building up, helping, strengthening those that are weak. Amen? Endeavoring means to work at it. To, to, it it's, it's a labor. It's a diligence that it takes to, to bring us together to be the church. How sad it is. I started to say this earlier, how the church, it's not like a business. I've sat down with folks already and, and talked to them, and, and I, I could not understand. And I feel like I've got a better grip on it today than I did, but years ago I've talked to people as they pretty much were saying goodbye and said, well, this isn't here and this isn't here. And I would beg them, please help us put that in and incorporate that and be that. Yes, there are things that we lack and things that we need. Yes, you're right. There are there are very clearly observations that you can make that this is a battle or this is a deficiency. This is a, a problem, sure. But now you see that. Let's do something about it together. And they said, no, no, I'm not trying to change the church. I'm not. You just don't have it. I'm going to go somewhere else that does have it. And the church isn't a business in that way that you can just really just say, well, I'm shopping around for my best bang for my buck. No, it's in a responsibility that we bear to say, you know what, together, this is our family. This is our, this is our, the, the people that we're fighting beside. God, help us to, to build and encourage and strengthen together to do the most good for God's kingdom that we possibly can. We're not comparing ourselves to another church. We're not somehow trying to think of what, what, uh, how we could be more like them. But how can we add and build together and build that up in one another? The devil is trying so hard to keep that from happening. Trying to take away that potential that we have if, as a unified church. Oh, the devil wants that so badly and so often people that are hurting the most in the church are just concentrating on me, what I'm going through, what I'm facing, what my hurt is, and how that whole everything else is just just not even hardly secondary. It's so far so far away from what they're thinking. But can I tell you, through the hurt, through the trial, you can have a passion and a burden for God's kingdom, and God can work in you. Amen. A man named Job was going through a trial that I'm sure if anybody could say, ah, my trial's not common to man, Job could. He lost everything. But the things that were going through his mind are still relevant to you and I today. He's, he's thinking, God, why, why, what did I do to deserve this? God, what, what, what kind of, why is this fair? And that was the temptation that he was facing. And his friends came by. You know the story. His friends came by, I'm sure, to, to just point the finger and say that this is somehow unrighteousness. This is payment for your sins. 
And Job knew it couldn't have been. But when it was all said and done, God steps in and says, Job, you're hurting. Job, you're struggling. Job, pray for your friends. And that was the time that the Bible records that Job's captivity was turned. When Job recognized that it's not just about what you're facing, but the devil's fighting you, the devil's fighting them. And if you begin to pray for them, I'm going to work for you too. And I'm going to turn some things around and I'm going to help you. Church, there is a battle going on in this day. The devil is fighting. And we look around and see it. And we can look in the government and we can look in the music industry. We can look in the entertainment industry. And we can see evil. But this is the front lines of the battle. The devil is coming against God's people in Revelation 12, knowing his time is short. He's angry. And he is not just coming to steal your comfort, but he is working against the influence of the church and the people of God that he has in positions of of influence. Not just the pulpit, although he works there over time for sure. But you and your family, you over the people that you that see you, that 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 watch you on your job, those in your neighborhood, the enemy is trying to rob you and rob us of our ability to do great things. But God has victory for us, and we can overcome every battle with the power. He says they overcame him. Verse eleven says. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. We can stand up in this day and say, you know what? Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And there is a cause. I've got, I've got a purpose in my mind and in my heart to serve God and to do his will against everything the enemy throws at us. Because I understand the nature of this battle. Can we bow our heads in prayer? Sister Abby, can you join me on the platform? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm praying for you, church. I say it often here regularly. But I want you to know that as we're fighting this battle, we're in this together. The enemy is fighting against the people we love the most. The enemy has come strongly against men and women in this day with such potential, with such abilities to be able to tell somebody that God is faithful. See, you've got to just take a little bit of time prayerfully and think about just the nature of the battle that recognize that the devil's not ignorant. He's fought this fight very, very wisely, if I can say, very intelligently. But sadly, there's too many people in in God's kingdom, too many people in church that have allowed their hurt to cause them to focus inwardly rather than in prayer, getting direction strength and help. God's got a plan for you to make you better. And may I say that God's got a plan for the church to make us better. 
I know what's easiest. I know sometimes that the temptation is to to lean onto our own understanding, but if we acknowledge Him, to be directed by God, to be led by His voice, oh, that's my my desire. Lead me, God. Lead me, God, by Your Your will. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. This battle that you're facing, this battle that you're fighting, there's a. We need to recognize. We need to understand. We're not ignorant of the devil's devices. He's coming against us. Let's fight and overcome. Come on, let's find a place to pray. Let's all gather. Hallelujah. Jesus, you're so good. Lord, to do your work. Direct us, God, in your plan. Lord, strengthen my brothers and sisters, Lord. Give them clear direction to help, to lift the burdens. those that are spiritual, that they could uphold the weak, that they could restore, Lord, and strengthen. Oh, yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, you're so good. Help us, God, to keep our eyes on you, to listen, to pay attention to what you're trying to teach us. Where you need us the most, What you need us to be doing, God, lead us, lead us in the charge. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, God. Build up your people, Lord. Strengthen each and every one. Each life, each home. This church, Lord, do your work. Do your will. Thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for your strength, God. I pray by your word, Lord, the word of our testimony, God, and your blood that we might overcome the power of the enemy in this last day. God, give us direction. Give us wisdom day by day to do your best, to do your will. We love you. We thank you, God. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Shake